Hey, everybody, it's Richard Harris and Scott Lease with another episode of the Serpent Sales Podcast. And literally, we are, I don't know, 20 days, 15 days away from actually going in November. Yeah. 21. So we are super excited. Uh, Want to give a shout out to our sponsors for the podcast, which are Salesforce, Vidyard, Reggie.ai, and our good friends at Outreach. And they've asked me to tell you they've got some new announcements. Outreach is the first and only engagement and intelligence platform. So engagement and intelligence, which I need a lot of help with. Uh, built by revenue innovators for revenue innovators. And it allows you to commit and accelerate sales forecasting. Very cool. Replace the manual processes with real-time guidance and unlock actionable customer intelligence that guides you and your team to win more often, right? So traditional tools don't work in hybrid sales world. Find out why at click.outreach.io slash sales click.outreach.io slash sales. They've got some cool things. We love all of our sponsors. We appreciate you checking them out. And now um, out of breath, so I'm going to let Scott take over. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you got through that. You're very good at all of the sponsors, Richard. We are super excited today to talk to Casey Jacox. Jacox. Okay. I pronounced it mostly right. I got his first name right, Richard, which was, a, you. you know, it was tough. It was tough. We're, we're going to have a little bit of a challenge with this episode because Casey's currently wearing a Seattle Seahawks jersey, and this is problematic in the surf and sales household. But welcome to the show, Casey. No, thanks. Thanks for bringing me to the, uh, the Buffalo Bills fan club, corporate headquarters. <laughs> Global headquarters is right. This is Bills Mafia HQ on my side. <laughs> Richard is a bit on an island as a Denver Broncos yeah, fan. I'm a we Bronco just, fan. We just ignore him. fun about it. I even let Bronco my neighbors fan. come over and watch the, the Raider game at our house yesterday because the power went out and we have Tesla wall batteries. So that's, it was hard, but I, I stomached it. I had a Bronco <laughs> Busters t-shirt as a kid. Well, I love that. We got to, we got to send one of those to Richard for Christmas. That's what we <laughs> right. like. Casey, um, tell everybody, uh, you know, kind of what you do, what you're up to right now, give everybody some context for, uh, for the conversation. Yeah, no, I think, thanks for having me on. It's a, I know you, you joined me on my, on my podcast earlier, so it's nice to, to return the favor. Um, I am doing sales and leadership coaching now, specifically for sales teams, sales leaders, really around three core areas, humility, vulnerability, and curiosity. Um, I'm really present on those three words. Sometimes those are buzzwords for people, but I, I truly try to get as present as I can in those areas. Um, coaching found me. I did not anticipate I'd be doing this at this stage of my life. I was a 20-year corporate guy, um, left to write a book, started a podcast, and then coaching found me about a year and a half ago and um, having an absolute ton of fun, learning more about different industries I'm supporting, um, driving more curiosity into uh, sales processes because I think when we focus on them versus us, them being our clients and focus more on um, the problems we solve versus just keep telling people what we do uh, and meet clients where they are. It's, it's a lot more fun um, seeing those interactions happen. Say the three things one more time for everybody. Yep. Humility, vulnerability, and curiosity. Okay. So how, how do you coach to those things differently if it's a team setting versus a one-on-one setting? I think uh, this is Uncle Rico moment coming out here. Uh, my quarterback coach in college used to always tell me, Casey, if you have to tell people how good you are, you're not that good. When they're great, they're going to tell you. 
And so for me, it's, it's attacking. If I, if I'm working in a team and I'm seeing there's a lot of ego in the room, uh, I'll try to ask questions to, to, to help, uh, help that he or she un, un, uh, understand that that might be a challenge. And a lot of times I can use it through my personal, personal experience. So I was, I was our top rep at a company called K force for 10 years straight nationally, yet I can still find stories where I was getting coached. Uh, where I was getting my, my gaps attacked, which is kind of like an Uncle Rico moment where we watch film in college after each game, no matter how good or great we play, we still could get find ways to get better. Um, I still will apply that same mindset around um, an individual. Um, I think when we can, as it relates to vulnerability, whether I'm working with a sales leader or uh, a leader of a team or even a top rep, uh, getting getting them to understand that the power of going first, the power of them talking about what they struggle with is so impactful for others that don't have the confidence yet that they do. And then we, we, I think the more that we, I can help do that just based on my own experience, I finally remove fear. Um, the unsaid fear that people are scared to talk about, they don't want to speak up. They don't want to look like they don't know what they're talking about. And when we can drive those types of characteristics into teams, I think not only does it impact the organization from an internal perspective, but also can impact the the client experience people will have. So what do you, when you coach someone, right. And I was, and I, I believe all of this, I've, I've done some research on this too. And vulnerability is, is according to some data is the single greatest piece that reps appreciate in their leaders. But let's say you're not a vulnerable guy, right? Um, how do you, you can't, how do you coach someone? Like, cause they're going to be like, well, what do you want me to tell them? Like, you mm -hmm. know, you know, what do you, how, that, that person who gets the question, the listener who is not sure how to even take that first step about being vulnerable in front of their team, what's a good first step? I think, um, so if I was trying to get you to be more vulnerable, I might, I might say, you know, try, try to find maybe one thing that's working, one thing that's not just try, try to get you to talk about something. Right. And then if I, if you say, Hey, well, I'm, things are great. I'm like, man, I would use maybe sarcasm. I'd say, man, I, Richard, I've yet to meet someone who had all their shit figured out. You're, this is awesome. Like you teach me now let's turn this thing around. Maybe just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, but if they still won't talk, I'd say, man, well, let me tell you when, when I was at your stage in your career, here, here's, here was something I went through. I was a part of the, our company's biggest success ever. I was also part of our company's biggest failure ever. It was so embarrassing. It sucked, but I found that when I less, I, I held that in, and the more I talked about it, I went to my leader and asked for help. They appreciated it. I felt better because I wasn't harboring those emotions. I wasn't holding that, holding that in. Um, I think when we as humans realize that we all got gaps, um, you know, one of my mentors in, in, my, in my life said, uh, it's okay not to know every answer, just not okay not to do anything about it. So the quicker the one I can get people to just to talk about, no one has all the answers figured out. Right. And, um, Scott and I talked about this when I had him on my show is this, this mindset, I, which I call like the 1440 mindset. We're only as good or great or bad as this 1440 minutes we all get each day. And then that resets. So if I can work with people to attack areas that they wish they would get better and then keep applying open-ended questions to, to really, to the root, find out why, um, it, I've found has, so far in the year and a half, I've been doing this. I can get people to open up. So I want to ask you a question on the flip side of that right so a lot of people changing jobs right it's november 2021 they're calling it the great you know resignation i, I try to change it to the great retention mm -hmm. if i'm even if i'm a vp of sales looking for a new ceo 
or a CRO or a director or a sales rep or an SDR, how do I determine if someone has vulnerability through the interview process? How do I, because I don't want to offend somebody, but as I've been coaching people the last few months, it's always been about, well, what kind of manager do you want? Because now's the time. Now's the time to figure that out. I'm curious what you give to people who are in that job search phase to try to find that right manager for them. Um, that's a good question. I, I was thinking more about it from the, actually the opposite side, but as I'm thinking this out loud, it maybe it can ask is I, I don't want to, I want to understand someone's biggest moment of adversity in life and how did they get through it and how, how do they use that to uh, propel them to be successful in their current job? Um, if I can get someone to talk about, you know, an injury, uh, how they got fired, they lost an account. Um, if I can hear about something that didn't go right, but they, 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 they owned it, they found what, cause it's easy to sit back and blame why something happened to you. Or we can say, man, I had, I had a, I had a, I had a part in this as well. Um, and if it's, if it's, I can, focus- it's kind of the same question. Cause like, you know, I having worked with and for Scott, um, you know, we've always both asked sort of the, Hey, what's the biggest obstacle you've ever overcome? And we purposely leave it open-ended to let them choose if it's a life thing or a business thing. And so we would do that when we were hiring salespeople, but it's the same question pretty much for a rep to ask their manager or potential manager. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, as I'm talking this out loud, it's um, again, that gets to the root or the raw rawness of someone's what they're going to share or what not they're going to share. Um, and then if, even if they don't share, I think we can still use, um, I use a framework called Ted based questions, but like I could still ask more open-ended questions to get them to hopefully learn why, why was that, why was that so impactful for you? How often are you thinking about that? I mean, I, I think about, as I'm telling you the story right now, like my mind that impacted me was when I was 17 years old and I think about it often. Scott, I'm going to turn it over to you, even though I didn't chat you to take over. So you're yeah, right. that's fine. I got it. I got you. I got you. Um, you talked about being in corporate for, for 20 years and now being in coaching. Do you feel like you waited too long to go into coaching? Could you have gone sooner? I'm curious about that journey. Um, no, I don't think I, I waited too long. Um, I'm, I'm, of a big, I'm a big believer that life happens uh, everything happens for a reason. I try to look for a reason. Um, could I have done it earlier? Sure. I, would I have been as impactful? No, I don't think because uh, I, I, I gain more experience, which is wisdom to share with someone who's in their, you know, whether I'm working with somebody in their twenties or thirties, uh, that that's what inspires me, Scott, is giving someone something that I wish I had at my earlier in my career, like someone who's willing to share some just crazy stuff, you know, to, to get them to, if I can help someone else realize, and I'm going through that too. And, oh, that's what it feels like. And, and then th- these aren't things I'm, I'm speaking from like a book of, um, you know, I'm speaking from real life street fights of stuff that happened of pain of stuff that was like, God, I, do I really want to keep doing this job? Like real emotion uh, and coaching people through that, that listen, I, I know what that feels like to go through that. I know what it feels like to have your leader at business planning, say, 30% is not enough. You got to grow by 40. Uh, all those journeys you go through. Um, so I, I'm glad I did it when I did it because it, it happened um, organically. I feel like the, the timing of going out on your own is, is so critical to get right. And you know, I hear you say, 
you could have gone sooner, but timing wouldn't have been right. You wouldn't have been able to be as impactful. Um, I think some people go so, so soon now and too soon before they have not just the ability to be as impactful, but also the ability to earn as much. And they put themselves in this really kind of bind where they're just like scratching and clawing for business and trying to justify their, uh, their value and, and, and the worth and all that kind of thing. Um, what part of being a freelancer, if you will, now are you loving the most and what part drives you bonkers? <laughs> I think what I love the most is that like the flexibility, uh, like last week, my son had his high school golf uh, tournament that I booked around and it was, that was the most important thing. Uh, that's everybody. a lot of booking around Richard, because that's like five hours around, you know, in, in, in golf, right. Were you caddying or were you watching? Uh, watching. Okay. Um, but he wasn't going to take your advice, right? What's funny. I'm actually caddying for him next weekend in a, oh. in an event. So I, and I asked, I said, sure you want dad in the bag? And so he said, he said, yes. Yeah. So I, I, I play the role of caddy, not dad. When I go through those, um, I love the inspiration I get when I see someone learning. Um, I, I love when, when people are coachable and, and uh, I can get them to a spot of they, and they try and they, and they, and we can tie it back to revenue. Like, man, I, I didn't even know how to ask that question. Now I did. And that is so helpful. Like that just, it fills my tank, inspires me to be more on my game ready when I'm whoever I'm working with. I think what frustrates me is you know, I was just talking about my wife the other day. You know, I, I do miss sometimes that team component. Like I'm a team of one. Yeah. You know, I, um, yeah, you close a deal and you do what to celebrate over there. I usually chest bump the wall or yeah, um, exactly. high five myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got that one. Kate, like, high, you know, turn the music on smoke machine, run out by myself. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, what frustrates hardest sometimes when you work with someone who, um, isn't as experienced yet. Um, yet he or she feels like they're you know 26 and they've solved all the world's problems and that the time it takes to kind of get to get to go through sometimes that can be frustrating a little bit but it's then that's why they were coaching them is to help them hmm. what about the like logistics of certain things what actual parts of running your business do you do right now that you hate well, timing of that question too, you made me think of something last week. So my, my unnamed bank, I'm not going to name it, went through a little bit of a transition, uh, increased, I mean, opened up a new mobile platform. Fucking name them. Who cares? Oh, I can't. I can't throw them out. But they, uh, they uh, I can't connect to my back office still. Damn it. So frustrating. So like. Is that, it like a big bank or is it like the local credit union? It's like a local. Oh, uh, then I can respect that. I, yeah. Do you want to keep, you want to help the. Helping the I little do. guys, good. you know, and they didn't, again, benefit of the doubt. They didn't wake up saying, how can they ruin Casey's day? Right. Shit happens. And so I'm going to, I'm going to work with them, but that annoys. I wish like, I, I wish some, I wish I had someone thinking, Hey, Case, let's, let's, let's get strategic about m marketing for the next three months. And let's send these people some things like things that, you know, corporate, you had all that support well, now I'm one man. That's band. grinning. Cause he's like, yeah, we need that too. <laughs> he's literally <laughs> laughing and shaking. Yeah. Like <laughs> The universal problems I'm starting to think. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. So what about on the other side of it? What frustrates you with clients? Have you ever had clients pay you and then they don't take your advice? Um, knock on wood, not yet, uh, because I think I'm still too, too new doing this. Um, 
I, I quickly have realized though, that these are not my problems. They're their problems. Correct. And I, I don't have emotion tied to it. Um, I, I, if, if, if they don't move, what I've seen, maybe someone not move as fast as I thought they should move. I'll, I'll ask, I'll go back through a framework, say, tell me what's changed. You told me this was really important to you back from our first month. We're still talking about this. Tell me what's changed. How do you, uh, so maybe a different, same question in a different way, or, or is how do you encourage people to go through that change management for themselves, right? Or their team? Like, hey, you're changing this. You're going to start being more vulnerable. By the way, how does that make you feel? Like, what, how do you encourage them to recognize in their own space mm -hmm. and get them to take that step? I think anytime people are going through change, they're either resistant, we're going to, we're going to get defensive or make excuses. Or if they start to feel change then they get overwhelmed because there's too many things they want to change. Uh, they, they want to get better at everything at once. And I just try to encourage people get, get better at something small each day and, and focus on that. And, and, and then realize, you know, at the end of the day, what, what are a couple of things I, I didn't get to today that I, that I wish I did, or what's one, one framework or question that I wish I would have asked differently that I, that I didn't, that I, I can get better at it. Um, and just, in, I think encouraging them then that, that, you know, I, someone taught, and I like sharing things that people taught me. So like this other guy taught me that learning's always in the struggle. You know, I'm sure we've heard the phrase, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable. That, that one gets talked about a lot. You're never going to get better when it's easy. It's going to feel a little bit wonky. It's going to feel difficult. But if we can find something positive to come out of each day, each interaction that I'm slowly getting better at, um, and just encourage them to, to focus on that, but, but still having some, somewhere they're reaching and then, but tie clarity around why they are so they can see it. Um, I found that to be helpful too. Scott, you're up. Oh, I was, I was waiting for you to keep going. I, I want to rewind the tape a little bit and give Casey a chance to talk about his, his line of questioning. Um, this is Ted framework, I think is, is, is what he calls it. If I've, if I've got that right, mm -hmm. break that down for Richard and the, uh, and the audience. And I, yeah, I wish I learned this at, at uh, or my early forties and I wish I would have learned this earlier. Uh, and this person who taught me this, called me one of the more unconsciously competent people he's met. And I said, that doesn't sound good. He said, no, it's good. I'm just, you're doing a lot of these things. You just don't realize you're doing them. And I'm going to give you tools to teach it. And I was like, okay. And when we walked through this, um, it was a very simple thing, which is tell me, explain, describe simple framework, simple ways to ask questions. Um, I'm very specific on nitpicking about that with my clients. Um, if any of my clients listens to this, they'll probably be giggling right now because like I will say, you can't spell if someone starts asking me a what or is question, I said it, no, you could spell Ted with an I or a W and you know, I, who I practice the most on is my kids. Um, because I think like anything, when we ask good questions, we're going to either, someone's going to say, man, that's a great question, or they're going to be, you're going to make them think. And too often sellers, we want to keep talking. We want to keep, we want to ask two or three questions inside of one question. And now as the listener or the person, the, the rep or the client, like which one should I answer? Versus getting comfortable with saying, describe how that negatively is impacting you. Explain how this, if we've made this go away, how would it positively impact you? Descri you know, getting people to sit in some discomfort. And so what I'd love about Ted is it's not, I mean, the first level is talks about what's not working. And then it's the next level, like really dive in deep to make them think about what, where they're at. And so back to the example of my kids, if I said, Hey, Ryder, how was school? Good. 
What'd you do, bud? Oh, not much. Did that conversation sounds familiar, doesn't it? Every day, all yeah. day. But, but those are, I mean, shitty questions. So why should we expect? Right. Shitty to, yeah. yeah. How should we expect? But if I said, Ryder, tell me, tell me the, tell me the time you laughed at school. Describe, you keep talking about math. Describe why you like math more than science. You know, if, if you could add a seventh period in your day, explain what would it be and why would you, why would you go to that class? Just something to show creativity, to get them to talk. And, um, you know, I, one, one story I like sharing about, about this framework is I was with my friend on the East Coast. Um, this is like two summers ago. And his daughter was going through some stuff and wasn't, um, wasn't he was, she was closed down. And I, this is right when I was like, teaching Ted at my previous company and then doing what I do now. And I, um, I said, Hey, can I try something that works on my kids? He's like, he was kind of closed a little bit. I don't know if it's going to work. Well, I knew that she was into guitar and I was, and we were taking her to uh, guitar lessons. And so I, I, he goes, sure. I'll let you try it. And so in the guitar and, and then the way I say, Hey, and yes, her name and, and I say, Hey, tell, tell me what you, what chord do you like playing more G, C or D? And she's like, uh, I don't know. I said, describe the challenge. Uh, of learning that transition from, from D to C, you know, and just showing her that I had a little bit of interest in her and curiosity. And then if I kept pushing on that next thing we knew, like she's on this like rant of like six minutes and we drop her off a guitar and he looked at me, he's like, Oh my God, dude, it worked. It's crazy. You know? So I think, I know for me, I, I love asking questions. I think curiosity drives where relationships go. And, and Ted is such a simple way to go about doing it. You're, have your kids gotten annoyed with you doing this? I'm like, dad, stop it. They don't know I'm doing it yet. They don't? They, they, haven't, they haven't picked up on it yet. So, My wife sometimes does. She says, why are you doing your business stuff on our kids? It's like, I'm not. It's not business stuff. It's called interacting with people and talking to them. Yeah, right. Uh, life, life skill. The most important part of that to me is just that it's not us saying the things for the kid or the, the prospect. Whatever. It's, they have to be the ones to tell the story they have to tell explain or describe there's a lot of salespeople who will tell you the problem that your business has or explain to you why this has to get solved and, and never makes the prospect like get behind the steering wheel and, and kind of look at it first person you know and i think that that's a big missed area of opportunity yeah i i talk about this is you know people don't buy words they buy pictures and so this, this TED framework gets people to describe a picture, right? Like that's the key is that there's some, there's, you know, people come and say, you know, oh, Casey, I need coaching. Well, there's some picture in their head behind that word, right? It's, it's a buzzword. Well, okay, what kind of coaching? What scenarios do you need coaching in, right? That's mm -hmm. as I interpret what Casey's explaining. So well. yeah, I, I to, uh, even piggyback on what you guys both said, if I try to sell somebody something, they're always going to resist me. But if I ask questions to make them realize the problem that they have or don't have, they're going to sell themselves. And that's what I think the elite level sellers do. They just they ask really good questions. They're legit on not missing steps on follow-up. They're tying problems back to bigger problems in, that run a business. And they're helping people get, get to the solution they want and making sure they have clarity on why. Yeah, so what was the moment? I can't remember if you told us. What was the moment that encouraged you to become the consultant? Was it you got laid off? You got this happened? Like, what was that defining moment for you? Um, 
I, so when I, when I, when I parted ways, it was a great divorce with my previous employer. I'm still in great terms with a lot of them there. I don't, you know, and I left on awesome stuff. So it wasn't like when I left, I was like, I'm going to go out and do this. I, I, I knew I wanted to write a book. So I spent time doing that, started a podcast for dads. And then I started having people ask me questions about, do I coach? And in my mind, I was like, yeah, my kids, like I coach kids, but I didn't think about. And so the moment uh, was a very specific moment, 2020, I was talking to another coach in Toronto, his name's Andrew. And um, I remember this phone call, like it was yesterday. And, and I was stuck on me not being quote unquote certified. Like I didn't go to like coaching school. I didn't have like these plaques on my wall that say, Hey, I'm a, you know, whatever that may be. God, he wants to be certified as a coach. No, right? I was stuck on that uh, for some reason. And well, a lot of people, that, that's, that's really interesting because a lot of people get so fixated on like prepping to become whatever the next, whatever the thing is. And they have to line up all of these ducks in a row and do all of these different, I was just talking to somebody who's about to start a podcast about, about this kind of thing. And I'm like, good Lord, you don't have to do all that stuff. Just do the fucking work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To what's your hundred percent point. So I, I literally asked the guy and I said, Hey, Andrew, I'm stuck in this. And he goes, Casey, can I be honest with you? I said, yeah. He said, no, I'm going to be really honest with you. I said, Andrew, I played college football. I've I've been on boardrooms before with corporate stuff. I can take it, bro. Give it to me. He's like, so what I, what I heard about you is you accomplished all these things. You, you, you did this, you did that. You wrote a book about it. I want you to get out of my motherfucking face and go help people. And I was just like, you know, sorry, we're gonna have to put the E here on the explicit for this episode, but like, it was the best punch in the face I needed. It was like, you're right. And I literally remember like I was Within, within like probably an hour, I called back my first client. And I said, hey, th this is why I'm your guy. I did this for 20 years. I know exactly how your models work. I've, I've been, in the, been in this pain. I've been, the, you know, I, I just essentially just walked through what I did. She's like, all right, you're hired. Let's go. And I haven't looked back since. And so like my, my certification is six chapters of my book, basic common sense stuff that has been around since the 1800s that will not go out of style. I don't care how much remote selling is, is a big buzz that we're all going to get behind, you know, worried about, but I still believe in the old school things of how we interact with people. And that, uh, that was probably my aha moment, Richard. Does this, does this mean that you still believe in the old school thing called the phone? I do love the phone, believe it or not. So how does Casey prospect right now? Uh, I have people prospect for me. A lot of it's, if it's referral based or if it's, um, I'd like to build champions, people selling on my behalf when I'm not there. Um, I like to make sure that uh, if, if people, I'm asking simple questions on, you know, before we interacted and now we've post since we've won, talk about the changes. And if someone said, hey, why'd you hire Casey? What would you say? So just, um, is it more of, let me try to uh, distinguish between the two. So can you tell me if it's more of like, Casey has SDRs prospecting for him or Casey has built a affiliate network, a referral kind of channel, which, which one of those kind of zero SDR it's all it's, it's me doing the work or people on my, my clients are doing the work on my behalf. Um, Define that. No. So you Pardon just me? say, Hey, is that like, Hey, do you know someone who could use this or what does that mean? You have your clients do it on your behalf. Um, well, I'm, I'm always making sure I have references at, at, at any point. So if they, if, you know, if I got a new client, whatever it might be, but just making sure I'm bringing them along this journey of coaching together so that if any, if anybody asks, I'm prepping them to be able to sell on my behalf. So if someone says coaching gets brought up, I'm like, oh, I'm working with a coach. 
like, what are they going to say and, and why? And so helping them prepare them with word tracks versus, well, I'm, I just, I'm, you know, Casey's a great guy. I'm help. He's helped me with whatever it may be. But if I'm not reminding them that of why they hired me in the first place and, and the outcomes of what we're trying to help solve, then I don't think I'm helping myself articulate enough of how I've helped them to where I want other people to go. If that makes sense. He's, he's giving them the pitch, Richard. Do you do that? Do you do I that? Do. I, I do. I was just wondering if he created a pyramid scheme out of it. So <laughs> not yet. So you, I, I don't, I don't do that. So, so this is an area of opportunity for me. I, I don't literally just sitting here. I don't tell people what, I don't tell people what to say at all. I, I, not in this scenario, but I know you and I'm like, Scott is sitting here internalizing this. This is Scott's new game this week. Like he's going to try this with five people and <laughs> I know it. And he's going to come back to me. Why, why wouldn't I? I'm listening to two people tell me that, that, that they're doing it and that works really well for them. Why would I not implement? Absolutely. So Casey just says yeah. out a bill. So <laughs> No, it's called karma. That's right. Is any, is any of these strategies going to be something that you change in 2022 or lean more heavily into? Like, how are you looking at, um, kind of staying ahead of the curve and stay, staying relevant as we move towards next year? I think for me, what I, what I will focus on doing um, is trying to go more one-to-many versus one-to-one. -one. Uh, so whether I'm creating just a ways, ways to impact more people yes. in, in a setting than just than, you know, one, because I know that you got to get, you got to get to a place where you're doing mentorship at scale. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And I want, and you know, I, I, cause I've, sometimes I've struggled with that Scott where I'm like, God, am I, am I missing out? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Well, in the end, I know who I'm helping. It's working. I know the clients have had good engagements. Maybe may, let me get some more experience under my, under my belt um, as an entrepreneur. And then the timing is going to be right. Like I, I, I read this book. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's called the surrender experiment. Never heard of it. No, no, a little, no. a little out there in term, written by a guy named Michael Singer, but it talks about just like, instead of being so focused on like outcome, 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 goal, 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 which is what I was in my corporate life. This guy who referred to his name, Andy Parks, he's, he just, he's a professor, former Harvard of the West, Central Washington, go, go Wildcats. He, he talks about just sur surrendering to the fact of if you, if you know what you do matters, if you believe in what you believe, if you're, if you're helping influence and impact people, sometimes worrying about the things we don't have control over, which completely was opposite of where I came from. It's a little, might be naive to people listening to this, but I found that I have more peace. I'm, I'm, I'm less like focused on, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I'm just like surrendering to just impact the shit out of some person who I speak with today and hopefully create that Maya Angelou moment where they're like, man, that guy was different. Uh, and what then was the name of that book again? The surrender experiment. Got it. Got it. And did you say the Harvard of the West? Yeah. That's, I'm the only person that says that, by the way, it went to no, Central Washington. No, when I went to, when I went to the university of Arizona, our, our, our <laughs> chancellor wanted to call it Arizona, the Harvard of the West. So, you know, we, but we're, we it all, sounds like us and Arizona are fighting for that title then. Again. Yeah. What it also tells everybody who's listening is that if you go to a school with wildcats as the uh, mascot, then it's just ah. a whole bunch of blowhards. That's right. what it, we're no, thinking about the wrong shit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so what, what is it? I want to go back way, way back. Did you know you wanted to be in sales? Like, you know, you, you come from that athlete place where you're the competitive guy, you played college sports, which 
in my mind, if you're going to play college sports, you're, you're, you're a professional. Like you, you know, you may not be, you may not have the skill set or get to go to the paid professional league, but it's a professional gig. Once you hit college, uh, whatever athlete you are, you know, how did you know sales was going to be your thing? I mean, I think my family, my dad's uncles, we come from a line of people in, in selling. I didn't, you know, in college, I didn't know I was going to do it, but I, sometimes I've thought back to like, this is like, well, I can't wait. I'm sharing the story. Like eighth grade at lunch, junior high, I had like a dollar 46 in my pocket and I wanted to get some candy and I didn't have enough money. So I would go ask people for money back then. And I, and I, and built some rapport, built some commonality. And they actually shared it with me that they'd give me a few, few, you know, 20 cents here, 40 cents. Next thing I know, I'm buying two candy bars and I'm winning, you know, I was selling back then. Um, what were you saying? Like, do you remember a story? Like, this is fascinating. This, this, I'm all I mean, this. literally just like, Hey, I, I, I got a dollar 45, uh, Scott, can I, can I borrow 30 cents to go get a candy bar or can we put our money together and we'll get something to, we'll, we'll both buy something together when, you know, I, I had 20 cents, you have $2 and 40 cents, but if we do it together, it's, we got more money now together. We're a team, <laughs> you <laughs> know, $2 and 60 cents. <laughs> I just made a 500% profit. Right. <laughs> um, but I remember like, coaches were like, um, I just always liked creating moments of, um, people just being themselves, whether it's, you know, I think us quarterbacks have a little bit of a screw loose, but keeping it fun, keeping it light, um, you know, creating those same environments when I was working with prospects and clients of just like, you know, we all have jobs, they're all stressful, all the negativity, but if we can create a moment for someone that just is different, authentic, unique, like, man, that was fun. I really enjoyed meeting him or her today. And I, I turned it into a game like the, the, you know, cause it's so easy as if sellers listen right now, we got, Oh, I got to make hundred calls a day and you get the monotony of it. Well, it's not fun, but if we can make it a game and use my personality to come out, whether it's leaving a crazy voicemail, sending them a package. I mean, I, I even have old school stories of using a fax machine, which probably your listeners don't even know what it is. Um, like literally writing a handwritten note on a fax machine, having them check a box like I did in fifth grade to get my girlfriend, like random stories of that, that again, it was fun. And you'd get people to like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm responding back to this guy, but it worked. So I think I've always known that I can connect people fairly quickly. Uh, I don't know why I don't have fear of saying random things to people because I'm coming at it, coming at it from a genuine place of interest and curiosity. Um, so I don't know. Those are things that top my mind when you asked me that question. Scott used to like to make it fun when I worked for him by threatening <laughs> us with text messages of get off your CPO, get off your CPO. Yes. So yeah, Scott that's, was how I made it. I made it. that's how I made it fun for me. Right. Exactly. That's what it was. Or, or he would tell everybody, <laughs> if everybody on the sales floor for, you know, a 50 people, if everybody closed a deal, he'd give everybody like $200. And of course he knew that it would never happen with 50 salespeople, but you'd never see so many people close deals that day. You don't even remember that, do you, Scott? I, I don't remember the winning amount being so low. I, I probably, say it might've been a thousand. I probably yeah. promised like an absurd amount knowing that, yeah, the odds were slim, and I'd be happy to pay it if it worked. You know, uh, hey Casey, what can we what can we do for you, man? How can we uh, how can we be helpful? You got any questions for us before we wrap up here? Um, oh, hopefully, your audience um, gains something from our, our conversation. I think if if um, however, I mean, I would yeah, I mean, I think if if anybody's looking for a, a quick, simple read, um, I, I did my book is not scratch and sniff or pop up, but it is a simple. 
read of just common sense things that um, in researching this book, which I wrote over a year, year and a half ago, uh, it's like I said, it's a simple read that helps people just focus on the fundamental things of how we build relationships with people in life. As the author, I've read it probably seven or eight times. I narrated it, my, the old, um, the audible version, and I learned something from myself, which is sometimes I say is kind of embarrassing to say out loud, but it just, it's reminders for me that we all got gaps as sellers. We get complacent. Um, and so if I can help someone, um, you know, the book's called win the relationship, not the deal. So if people want to check that out it is on Amazon. So I think I would just doing that. And if there's people that are interested in exploring coaching conversations, they can reach out to me as well. Cool. LinkedIn, the best way to get a hold of you. LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of me. I promise you, Casey also learned that he might not ever never want to write a book again because it was just it's just painful. Rereading I, I hold on. eight times over. I, I take that bet. 20 bucks. Casey, you've already started your next book. You're gonna write another book, Casey. I have a I already have the title of my next book. Yes, Scott Lee owes me $20 in Costa Rica. Let's see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I can't I, wait to ask you about how that process is, by the way. Book number two. Uh, good luck with everything, Casey. We enjoy talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Richard, tell everybody we're sponsored by one more time. Yeah. And by the way, Scott, he's a quarterback. He's disciplined enough to get this shit done. Well, that might be true. I, I've never played football. If I did, I would have been a kicker. You played quick, football. Yes. The quick shout out to outreach.ai, to Vidyard, to Salesforce for sales and to Reggie.ai for uh, joining us and sponsoring all of our podcasts this month. And we appreciate them. And as you grow into 2022, these are the people we think you should recommend. You should come and see. And yes, we've seen demos. We've been through it. So we don't just take people for sponsorship. We would only do it if like, it made sense for people. So we, we bet it out that much. So right. thank you so much, Casey. We appreciate it. And uh, good, good to meet you and get to know you a little bit. Go Bills. <laughs> wow, wow look at that scott I'm, I'm waiting for scott to return the favor and say go seahawk he just won't i can't believe i said it out loud they play tonight good luck casey thank you <laughs>